And I keep telling you, it's not a cold sore, it's a pimple. Okay. Just because it's on my, it's above my lip, it doesn't even touch my lip. Okay, you can stick with that story. Oh, are we rolling? Yes. Oh, well, you better cut that then. Welcome to, we don't cut nothing. Welcome to the Punk Off Podcast, episode 5-0. That's the sound of the police. Once again, I am Dan Destroyer. Chris Crude. So we're coming at you, coming in hot on this one. Uh, on uh, Actually, we wanted to record this a little sooner, but we've had, a, I, well, I've had a bunch of shit going on. And Chris Life gets in the way. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, we got to, we'll, we'll just dive right into it. We went and watched Powerbomb Wrestling in Finley at the uh, Great American Rock House. Yeah, I haven't been there since they remodeled the place, since it used to be the old dance club where they played radio country or radio dance music. The, I like uh, it. The Yucatan, or was it even before that? Yes, Yucatan. You the man, Dan. Okay. Yucatan, Dan. A.K.A. the Jailbait Central. Yeah, but... As, as, let me say, Jailbait! Jailbait! But see, I never got to uh, engage in any of that mm-hmm. debauchery because well, every time of course I, not. No, no. Every time I went there, you know, it's not like a dude's choice to go there. It wouldn't be my first place of a choice to go. I was always with like a group of women that was going out and yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, at any rate, hashtag hashtag. Been a while since I use that. Uh, so yeah, we uh, well, I think what you had sent me a message that it was coming. And I like kind of noticed it, but kind of forgot about it. And then I saw an advertisement for it on TV. And then I finally hit you back about it. Got tickets, went. Front row, baby. Front row. Could have got VIP, but I thought that might have been a little weird for the first time, but I still wanted front row seats. VIP setting up on the stage looking like royalty. I kind of liked our seats a little bit better, in all honesty. But we got more camera time, that was for sure. A little bit of camera time, so... Yeah. So yeah, we went. Uh, We're, can you really call it camera time if it's somebody on like an iPhone taking video? That was the one thing that was kind of they didn't have the actual because they must. I know when they do it in Toledo, they must do it with actual cameras because you could kind of tell the difference in the quality a little bit, right? So, but yeah, that was the one thing because uh, uh, also uh, a friend of the podcast and former guest uh, Jeremy Schindorf went as well. And that was something that got brought up at one point was like, how bad is it that we have better camera and audio equipment than the wrestling show that was there? But they were probably testing the waters. We're going to have to get in there. So I think they were probably a lot of testing the waters to see how how loud the crowd was and, you know, how well they did. And so I had fun. So and uh, we'll, we'll get into all the details as we go. So let's see. Uh, Chris actually remembered to uh, uh, write down the matches as they yes, went along, as we so we'll be able to talk about them later on and have them in our head. It's been a week; I don't remember everything, you know. I know so. this is kind of why we wanted to do it earlier, so it was a little more fresh. And uh, let's see. Did I? I'm checking something real quick on my phone to see if. <clears throat> mm, no, it wasn't on here. It must have been on Instant Messenger. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, yeah, the first match wasn't Sless. Sless and... Uh, no, they weren't the first match, were they? No, it no, was... No, it uh, was... Uh, 
It was that motherfucker that called me out, spit at me, blowing snot rockets into the crowd. That's right. That was, uh, oh, yeah, the one and guy. If I ever see that guy outside, you know, outside the ring, <laughs> I think I'm going to I was going to build to that a little bit, but you just jumped right into it. But, yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I see them selling merchandising, you know, so, you know, that, that didn't count because it's in the same building. If I ever see him outside the building, well, I guess that doesn't count either because I saw him loading the stuff into his car. Can we, well, if I ever see him not, you know, maybe, maybe when his back's turned and he doesn't expect it. Or... Uh, yeah, uh, was it Shameless? Shane? I feel bad because I don't remember his name now. It's kind of funny, though, because they did the whole grab-ass thing with each other and they was making trying to make it look like the referee was smacking them. Uh, well, yeah, it was a lot of uh, like uh, what Colt Cabana... Uh, calls the comedic wrestling. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of that. And it was a good match. It was so, I mean, for what it was. So, yeah, the, uh, he had, I think his name was Shameless Shane, I think. It was something like that. It was, and then uh, the heel was Brian Douglas. Yes. That's the who, spitter. that's who, that's who Mr. Crude has a, has a bone to pick with now. You got know, his own, got his own special heat going. You know, now. I know, I know. There's good guys, there's faces, and the heels are the bad guys. All right, I. It's like a soap opera. I know this. You get the good guy and the bad guy. <laughs> but I'm just trying to think. If if you're trying to be a bad guy, why? Why spit at people and then try and sell them merchandising? <laughs> How does that even work? Do you do you make? Because he's a heel. And he doesn't need your approval. Because here's what happened. They had they had various bits going on during the match. And it was good. And, then, you know, the crowd got into it. And he ended up winning, didn't he? Yes. Okay. So, Chris, identifying himself as more as the kind of heel character, anyhow, looked over... Uh, what's his... Uh, yeah, uh, Brian Douglas looked over in our direction. And Chris gave him the th- thumbs up. And the head nod. <laughs> to which he replied by going, Phew. and then a loogie, a loogie just kind of arced over the top rope and right about, what, a couple feet from your foot. Well, it was about a foot or so from your foot. It was pretty good accuracy. Yeah, for it, was, it was good accuracy. Without, I, without getting actually on you. I got a little spray. I didn't get the full action. So, but still, Chris was really it's, perturbed. It's, it's, it's the thought that counts. So... I, of course, chuckled. Guy here, Chris, be like, what the fuck? So. <laughs> Chris well, like was indignant. I, well, like I said, I stepped back after a couple days. I was able to think about it, you know, rationally. And like I was telling Dan before, it's, it's like being in like jail the first time. Like, the first time you, you go out in the jail yard, you got to, you got to, whoop the ass of the person that runs the jail yard. You know, the biggest, baddest mother around. You know, you gotta show who's the boss. That's what he's trying to do to me. You know, he's trying to put himself over using me and I I just don't let that happen, you know. (laughs) I see an upcoming Chris calling out for a grudge match. (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> in the steel cage. Yeah, no way there's going to be able to erect much of a steel cage in that place. This, 
lighting rig was too low. But, so yeah, that was the first match. Uh, second match was uh, Sless versus Fields. And uh, Sless won that match, didn't he? Yes. So, typical kind of, uh, I wouldn't say typical, but the babyface character really gets the crowd into it. When I wouldn't say he hulks up, but there was kind of that energy at a few times during the match where the crowd energy would help build him back up and get him to his feet. So, uh, let's see. Then, uh, did you put the, all these in order? Yes, I guess you did. Okay, look at how prepared you are. So, For yes, once. yes, prepared and sober. So, then the uh. Powerbomb Wrestling Heavyweight Title Match. Uh, the Bachelor Ben Boone versus Atlas Hightower. That Bachelor, he was just cheesy. I remember actually seeing him on the show before because there were some characters like I, kinda, I was like, eh, I kind of remember, but I do remember him before seeing him on there. He so. reminded me, what's that What's that dude? Oh, now you're going to have me thinking. What's the old Tom Hanks movie? Bachelor party, yeah, and he reminded me like one of like the bachelor or whatever that whipped his dick out in the in the hot dog bun and served it to the ladies. You know, he's try. He looks ah. he looks like uh, he looks like he's in a wedding party the way he dresses, and he comes out with a rose for all the ladies, and, and his entrance music is seals kissed by a rose, and that's like a, I don't know, but I've never heard any. Any wrestler come out to something. I thought it was a little more of a take of like if uh, Colt Cabana decided to do like a spin on the show The Bachelor and cross it over into wrestling. That was a little more of the, the, the gimmick I was kind of getting from that. But <clears throat> Yeah, but he was playing Seal for his entrance music. Yeah, man. I wonder if he licensed those rights to that, you know? You know WWE it. doesn't let people... Well, they let... What's her name? That UFC chick. She's about Ronda the only. Rousey. Yeah, she's about the only one in the last five years. Well, her and CM Punk that actually had commercial music and wasn't made by the WWE. That's not entirely people. true. Uh, Triple H had uh, Lemmy's. Yeah, those aren't even songs that are. Those aren't even songs that are out on. True the radio or anything those were marketed those were made specifically for Triple H that is true made specifically for Triple H and weren't like on well, usually the same guy does all the uh, I can't think of his name now either there, they, there's one guy that usually does all the music and I can't think of his name right now <clears throat> I don't know but yeah so it, it, it's it's a small program so I'm kind of thinking they're you know, and they don't play it on TV. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a small. It's a small program. Uh, we didn't say it, but Powerbomb Wrestling. That's out of Toledo, Ohio, mm -hmm. and they've got primetime slot, 2 a.m. after Saturday Night Live around here. You know, that's when they play the local wrestling show. Well, actually, it's Ring of Honor. Then it gets played. Yeah. Yeah. Ring of Honor's at one after Saturday Night Live, and yeah. uh, local Powerbomb Wrestling's on after that. So that match happened. Also, you can go to, I'll go ahead and plug it for him, Fight TV. It's uh, F I T E, Fight TV on the internet. You can go there, watch matches on there. And this one is up now. 
So, also, we linked it on... Uh, do, I'm trying to think if I ended up doing it on Punk Up Podcast Facebook page or not. I don't remember. If not, I will soon. But uh, that match actually got interrupted uh, by Pedo the Clown. Oh, you're really saying it pedo, or are they saying it? They say it pedo. That's true. It's pedo. Pedo the clown. So. And I don't understand that either. I know they're trying to go for shock value, but you just don't brazenly advertise pedos. <laughs> Short for pedophile. <coughs> it's like an evil pervert clown or something. Pretty much. You know, how you gonna bring how you gonna bring your kids to the wrestling match when you got a pedo clown there? So he is managed by uh Dr. Jerry Graham, who if you follow wrestling history at all, he, he was a former wrestler. I'm not positive, but I think back in the Memphis territory back in the days he's probably been in a couple different ones, but he's been around for a while. And uh, they also had the uh, ringmaster as, uh, and yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's good at his job. He's nice and creepy. He sells it well. He was walking around because the first when he came out, well, in the later match when he came out, he does the thing where he stalks around the outside of the ring, and then he says, uh, "Be our victim." So it's a good gimmick. I like it. So, yeah, that match got interrupted. And then, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, ben Boone got to keep his title because of interference. And actually, him and Hightower, combo- Hightower came to the rescue of Ben Boone getting beaten on. So, resulting in also that Ben Boone was going to still give Hightower a shot later at the title. So then the uh, next match was uh, Will Studd versus Kyle Maverick. Will Studd is the uh, definite, the big beaky kind of guy. Uh, not a lot of high-flying antics, but kind of, kind of the brawler kind of type. Antics? Is that a thing like fish sticks? Yes, it's exactly like... Well, I don't want to keep saying gimmick every time, so, so yeah, you know, I use the thesaurus in my mind. I don't know. All I heard was ant dicks and fish dicks. <sighs> Sorry, got you off topic. Yeah. So, uh, I'm trying to think of that. Uh, what? Trying to think how that ended. Uh, the. Will Stud get counted out? I think that was the one. Okay. I remember there was one where it got counted out. I think it was that one. It was a double count out, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, yeah. Uh, let's see. Then after that was the amazing Nate Matson, who was the uh, cruiserweight title holder, versus Sexy Sean Casey. I have seen Sexy Sean before. I think he was another character before. And I'm not 100% on this, but I think he used to be in, at one point, maybe for a while, in uh, 
Cleveland's old. I can't remember the name of Cleveland's old. Uh, I know, but he had that whole, like, uh, the Mickey Rourke wrestler movie. Yeah, he looked, he looked, he had that, looked exactly he did have look. like the Ram. <laughs> true story. True story. And that's his gimmick, so. He always has a true story. He is the, uh, he's got his heel work down pretty good, I'd say, for... He's the kind of guy... And he didn't even have to spit on people to do it. Imagine nope. that. <laughs> he is. He's got his heel work down pretty good. He's kind of one of those guys. He'll sit there, run his mouth, and uh, somebody will come for him, and he'll roll out of the ring and, uh, you know, yell at the ref, hey, he was pulling hair. He was pulling my hair. Just <laughs> that kind of stuff. So he, he was good. I, I liked him. So... You know, I know we're supposed to like Nate because he's the, the baby face, the title holder. But uh, Sexy Sean had a good gimmick. And especially after that was the thing where after he'd say something, he'd go, true story. So Chris and I started latching on that. And every time he'd pretty much say something, we'd be, true story, right back at him. So that was fun. Um, I'm trying to think how that ended up. How did... Man, I don't remember how that one finished. Um, man, because I remember Sean, Sean, uh, Nate still kept the title. I'm trying to think if that was another one. Was there a disqualification? They, yeah, I think there was a chair in the ring or something. Wasn't? Did he bring a foreign object? Hit him with it or something? Might have been. Speaking of which, that was the one thing I did like about the one ref. He's really old school. Checks for weapons. That's checks your boots. Checks your boots, checks your trunks. Waistband, you know. Yeah. That's one Any of those brass things. knuckles? That's one of those things. I know it's, I just, I know it's a stupid little detail, but it's still one of those things that if you're trying to still sell the wrestling, sell me that the refs are still checking for outside interference for weapons, so... Because that was one thing that used to be big back in the day is that a lot of the refs would check for foreign objects. So I like that ref just just for that. He still does that. For, like the Iron Sheik? Yes. He was another one. Macho Man was terrible about it too in the 80s. Bringing Macho forward. Man was a, was foreign? Oh, no, bringing in foreign objects. Oh, oh, oh. I was going to say because he said, never, never mind. But my favorite four now, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. Those are foreign objects, huh? Yes, they are. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, I don't remember for sure. I think Chris was right. There was a foreign object or something. Chair got thrown in the ring or something. I forget. Maybe, was it another count out? Don't remember. Because, yeah, the title never changes hands, though, if if it goes for a count out. And it might have been. I don't remember. This is See, that's why we wanted to do yeah, this Yeah, they, they definitely didn't change any titles in little old Finley. No. So, that was that was fun to watch. That was a good match. Uh, let's see. We had... Uh, yeah, that's right. The uh, heavyweight challenge match. Pedo the Killer Clown with Dr. Jerry Graham versus Bobo Brazil Jr. So, I thought that was going to be the final match, but it was, I, it was not, but we'll get, to, we'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, 
It was actually, it was fun. You can tell, uh, how do I put this nicely? He's old as fuck. Yeah, Bobo does not move anywhere near as fast as he did in his primal. We can put that. Um, and it was a more of a brawl match than out, a lot of out, outright wrestling. And then it, of course, descended into chaos. The table got brought into the ring. Uh, everybody got thrown into the table at one point. Although, Bobo was the one that finally broke it. Right, right. Uh, Petto, Jerry Graham, that ringmaster, they all got thrown at it, but yeah. then the big guy, Bobo, finally broke it. Yeah. So, then they uh, commenced... I don't Was there even a pin in that match for the three count? I don't remember. I don't think there was. I think they just finally just started kicking his ass, and then finally... Once they hit him with the chair, I think. Yeah, they had some. They brought a chair in and they did the. Like either uh, Graham or the ringmaster got involved and they disqualified Ghetto yeah. for outside interference. interference. Which I thought was funny because the, the table did not get that, but the chair finally did. Because they kind of did like a kind of a guillotine move with the with folding chair to him. And then they started beating on Bobo, and then that's when. Uh, uh, the Bachelor came running in to break things up. And then pretty much just about the whole crew came in at some point. Most of the wrestlers there that night came in trying to break it up. Beating on Bobo sounds like a euphemism for masturbation. It does a little bit. But uh, so, yeah, it was a typical thing. And then that, that launched into a whole challenge that's going to happen at Finley on 3rd, June 3rd. June 3rd. So we get our tickets for that. I'm I'm going as long as I don't by that point as long as I'm not working a job where I got to work Sundays or some <clears throat> weird crap like that. I'm I'm going. So it was fun. It was worth the money. Well, I think I think we should at least bring a video camera or pod, or your podcasting gear and talk to the people that run it and yeah. That's not a bad idea. Let's see if we can't get an interview or something something recorded. So, and then the final match was the uh, Pop Out Wrestling Tag Team Contenders match. Uh, let's see, you had the Enforcer, Andy... I never did hear his last name. At least you got it down. Cheney? Andy Shen. Shen, that's it. And the Righteous Maker, Rick Baker. Versus the dirty, the dirty, the dirty. Austin Mannix and Brandon Edwards. Kind of remind me they had a little bit of a Bullet Club vibe. Exactly, that's that's who they reminded me. I was just gonna like say Young them, Bucks them or something. Dudes, yeah, them dudes from uh, that are actually in the WWE now. Mm-hmm. That tag, that one tag team. I'm forgetting their name. So yeah, that was pretty good. It was fun. Uh, the Dirty ended up winning that match. Yeah, the one thing I will say about that venue is uh, <coughs> they got to watch the lights. There was a couple of them that did some high-flying stuff, and uh, they almost ended up bumping the, the disco ball at one point. So hopefully the next time they can find a way to either cinch that up a little bit more. Or... But yeah, i definitely recommend it. I mean, the tickets weren't that much. It was cheap fun. 
Yeah, actually it was. Uh, they even had an intermission, and it was said and done before 8 o'clock. Like about 7.40, I think, is when it was finally wrapping up. So, I'd highly recommend it. Something to do in Finley. So, so uh, we covered that for the most part, I guess. You got any other comments? If, if you watch the video on fight.tv, you can occasionally see us every so often. I've got on the uh, Cowagram shirt, and Chris has on his Punk Off podcast. Yes, we are shamelessly promoting yes. ourselves. Could have worn a wrestling shirt, but yeah, we decided to at least shamelessly promote ourselves, at least for, for at least one time. Everybody getting involved in the matches. Everybody screaming out two, you know, a wrestler, you know, when they count the pin, everybody always kicks out on two, two. so the whole crowd's got to yell two. Two! Or the chops across the chest. Woo! There were a lot of those. Got to do the Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! Whenever you get a, a chop. Chopping. So, I'm going to change subjects a little bit, unless you had something else you want so uh, no, it was a good day. I uh, yeah, I uh, had fun. Maybe I'm gonna have to drive next time so you can have fun. That's all right. I don't mind driving. You heard it. He's enabling my alcoholism. <laughs> so I'm gonna switch as gear. I drink some orange juice spiked with tequila. So switching gears a little bit. Uh, all, all of the nerd movies are on the Plex network now. One through four. So I went about watching three and four because it had been a long time since I'd seen three. And honestly, I don't know if I ever watched four. <laughs> and it was bad. Wow, yes. that was bad. Very bad. I know it was actually a made-for-TV movie, if I remember right. And I remember reading about it and... Uh, Curtis Armstrong's autobiography, the book, aka Booger. I read his book, Booger. So and four is called. I'm, I'm kind of skipping three because it. There's not much to talk about it. It was. It was that Nerds in Paradise or whatever. Nerds in Paradise was the second one. Oh. It still had most of the original cast. The third one took place in the '90s, and uh, Alex Skolnick was more of a yuppie with a. Right. And. Uh, was trying to befriend Stan Gable and Gable was acting like he was friends and it was bad. But the fourth one was even worse. And here's why. Because it mainly focuses on Booger and Booger getting married. I remember trying to watch. I only made it halfway through. It was so bad. I watched the whole thing, but man, it was... And here, and I realize it's a TV movie, but there, there's some... Some plot points, it's like they just rolled right over it and just like, ah, fuck it, we'll just forget about it. Because at one point, the the Booger's in-laws are trying to break up him getting married to his fiance, And they bring up the fact that supposedly he has a kid out of wedlock from Sandusky, Ohio. You apparently did not even make it that far. I don't remember the Sandusky part, but okay. I remember... So, and in-laws. So that was the thing that finally came to head is, uh, yeah, the one guy hired a private detective. He said there was, Booger had an illegitimate child in Sandusky, Ohio. 
So Booger eventually said, well, there's no way it could be mine. I always use protection. And Alex Skolnick was like, that's true. Entire time I've known Booger, he always at least uses condoms. So that was supposedly that. He didn't have a kid. They were making it up. And that's how the plot line rolled. Pretty much. And then all of a sudden, a 12-year-old girl, 11, 12-year-old girl appears the day of the wedding. And she's got her finger up her nose. And they take it to be that this is Booger's kid. <laughs> now, I'm like, these are nerds. Skolnick is running around in a 18-wheeler semi so he can keep track of his pregnant wife's uh, fetus to see how it's developing. But yet at no point do they really bother to do a paternity test on Booger's kid at all. I'm like, we, we have, have the technology. They have all that technology, supposedly, but we never bother. He, and he just accepts that it's his kid. And eventually, they, he still gets married, and he says he's going to adopt the kid. And his new wife is fine with that. She loves the kid, too. Blah, blah, blah. But I was kind of like, well, wait. What, doesn't the kid still have a mother back in Sandusky, Ohio? Or, uh, no oh, yeah, we're consult- just going to kidnap this kid, you know? It's- I, I, I was just, I don't know. It was a weird plot point that uh, it's like somebody didn't bother to figure out, and they were just like, fuck it. We'll just, we'll just roll with it. Nobody will notice. So, yeah, it was bad. I cannot really recommend that movie that much. Everyone does make a return, like Lamar makes a return. Even Takashi. Yes, Takashi even is back at one point, so. What the fuck are Robster Cross? Cross, yes. The fuck is a Frush? (laughs) Frush. So, yeah. Another another movie that would never get made in these PC times. No, no, not at all. It was just it was just bad. I tried. I I had to watch it with through several settings. I finally got through it, but yeah, it was bad. And you know why it would never be made today? Because the nerds are rapist. Oh yeah, got on. Yeah, he went. He went into the. He went into the bouncy house, the moon. The first one, and the first. The first one. Oh yeah, you know he. That girl didn't know it was him. You can't you can't make movies like that today, you know. She she ended up loving him. After that, and had his, eventually had his child by the fourth movie. Hmm. So yeah, it was. What is that like? Uh, what what do they call that? That syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome, where you identify with your abuser, your kidnapper, and stuff like that. Must have been some heavy shit. Must have been. So, I guess that's really about all I got. I just, I had to... Talk, had to, about, had to, talk about wrestling and you get that whole Revenge of the Nerds yeah, I disappointment just, off your chest. Pretty much, yeah. It was, it was bad. I just feel like I had to talk about it. So, do not recommend it at all. So, I guess... Uh, with that, we'll see about wrapping it up. True story. True story.
she might have a daughter in Sandusky, Ohio, huh? I don't know. It's certainly possible. God knows my seed is as strong as an Alaskan salmon. I partied pretty hard in the early 80s. Sandusky? Apart from Akron, I probably spent more time in Sandusky than any place on Earth. 